Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I am Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, we're going to continue our virtue series here today. And today's specific episode is going to be about prudence. And kind of what we found is it's best to start with you articulating what the church's meaning of prudence is and then continuing the conversation from there. Yeah, thanks, Joe. Um, I suppose prudence gets a little different spin in uh, the secular world. And so understanding, as you said, the the church's view of prudence as a uh, cardinal virtue, which is what we're talking about, those cardinal virtues. Cardinal means hinge. And so every virtue falls under the cardinal virtues in one form or another. Uh, and and virtue is always oriented around doing the good, choosing the good. It's always ordered around uh, around the good. So that's ultimately uh, the life that, that we're striving for is to do good and avoid evil. So uh, virtue is the, uh, the habitual disposition of choosing the good and avoiding the evil. So prudence is actually what they call the mother of the virtues because you can't do good and avoid evil if you don't know what it is. So it's one thing to know that something is good and then struggle to do it, which is the case that, you know, all of us are in every day. And that's what the other virtues are about, to do the good even when it's really hard. You know, we know that somebody needs our help, um, but we feel overwhelmed by that task. Uh, We see somebody on the side of the road maybe, and we don't want to pull over, or we Uh, know that somebody needs a little bit of financial assistance, but we fear for our own financial state. We uh, know that somebody needs a loving loving hand, but we uh, don't have the time or the emotional energy or we're afraid of getting dragged into something. So, you know, we can, there are places where we can recognize the good, but struggle to do it. And that's what the other virtues are about. But prudence is the virtue that determines what the good is to begin with. Someone who has a high level of prudence is able to see the good in each situation and is able to identify the good, which then is the first step in actually doing the good. When we recognize that uh, something is is a task that ought to be done, then we're able to muster some of our resources a little more effectively to actually do it. So that's the, the first thing is about recognizing the good in a given situation and uh, in, uh, in a given moment in our lives. Sure. So obviously that's a very important one. As you mentioned, the mother of it, uh, pretty straightforward. How can you tell what is evil without knowing what is good or bad? You know, so I'm assuming that one of the ways that the element of, of prudence comes into play will be doing things like reading the gospel to see where the where where the scriptures tell you you ought to be things like praying more and becoming closer to God to be able to listen to the Spirit in your everyday life. Um, just to make sure I don't get off the rails, well, let's first check, make sure I hear him on track. Uh, yeah, that's right. So, how do we develop the virtue of prudence? Well, the same way we develop all the other virtues by using it. <laughs> So the more that we exercise prudence, the more we will grow in prudence. But because prudence also uh, involves our our mental faculties in various ways, 
informing our minds, enlightening our minds is going to help us to uh, recognize the, the good in any given situation. So as you say, using uh, reading more scripture, but, but these are actually, you know, prudence is something that's sort of pre-scriptural, we might say. And so one doesn't actually need the supernatural virtue of faith, doesn't need to be a Christian in order to be a prudent person. And we can think of uh, great men throughout history who were not necessarily Christian, but were uh, men of great prudence. They they were able to see in a given situation uh, the right approach to take or how to take care of people or how to choose the good in their own lives, uh, whether taking care of their own health or making good decisions about their education or their future, uh, making good business decisions, being shrewd in the in the virtuous sense of that word, um, being good leaders, uh, people who are good generals in battle or admirals in, in wars uh, can can be men of prudence who have a well-formed intellect able to recognize the good in different situations and, and to carry it out. But uh, our minds are darkened by sin, and so the corrective of that is also supernatural faith. God has revealed to us again the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are by nature written on our hearts. Every human heart has been inscribed with the Ten Commandments, but as we live a life of sin or as we live in a culture that's affected by sin, uh, that that awareness of the Ten Commandments is darkened by sin and we become blinded to what is good. And so that's where, as you said, reading scripture, learning the church's theology, reading the catechism, understanding moral decision-making, all of these things affect uh, and help to develop our, our virtue of prudence so that we can recognize the good more effectively in different situations. Yeah, and so in a way, that is very large and over-encompassing because when you're talking about essentially knowledge of everything, we then get into a situation where or I'm sure we've talked about this at least once before, when you're having to choose between options. You know, prudence is, is going to be the category that's going to teach you which one is, is better, uh, which one's the, the correct way to going. So listening to you correctly, there's the way to strengthen this muscle is to continue to learn and to continue to, to practice good judgment. So with that being said, since it translates to every other aspect of your life, I'm assuming this comes into play with humility as well, that you recognize that there's people who are better than you in certain areas and you sit down and listen to them. So you can see the interplay of, of the hinge there, as, as you'd mentioned before. And in some ways, this is almost so large, it's kind of hard to, to focus in upon it. Um, well, humility actually follows, falls under the virtue of temperance uh, as, a, as a way of kind of holding ourselves back rather than uh, plunging ahead uh, foolheartedly. Uh, then we, we hold ourselves back, recognize our need to grow, uh, that we don't have all the answers learned from others. So humility is is a, a sub-part or a sub-virtue of temperance. But um, but you're right. Uh, prudence is a kind of key intellectual virtue in terms of understanding what is good. And 
um, to break it down a little bit, three of the parts of prudence, according to the uh, Catholic theology, and actually this is really also based on, you know, Aristotle, and I mean, it's just, it's really philosophy, uh, the ethical philosophy that we understand some of these things, the, the foundations of some of these things, and then all of that's taken up in the Christian faith and uh, and fit into place, I suppose. But the uh, the three parts of prudence, memory, understanding, and foresight, and we can understand how those things would fit in. People with a better memory are also going to have a better developed set, uh, virtue of prudence. <clears throat> when we remember what was good in the past, that's, uh, that helps us. Or what was bad in the past, our own experience helps us. When we remember the teaching of others, it's one thing to be humble enough to listen and learn. It's another thing to actually remember it so that we can put it into practice. Uh, my novice master said this, uh, offered this funny little phrase. He said, you know, the wise man learns from the mistakes of others. The fool does not even learn from his own. <laughs> so we want to be the wise men who learn from the mistakes of others and, of course, who also learn from our own mistakes. But that requires memory. Prudence depends also on memory. We need to not keep repeating the same mistakes. It's one thing to make a mistake. It's another thing to make a mistake two, three, four, five times. And so we can learn from that. Uh, and again, we can learn from the, the mistakes of others to observe, to read, to learn from Scripture. And then also the second part, understanding, is critical to prudence. We need to understand the situations that we're in. We need to understand the different the different things that are at work. You know, we as a as a married man, you make decisions and they immediately affect two people. You know, that's different than when you weren't married. All of our decisions affect a lot of people, but your decisions very quickly affect two people. You have to think of your wife all the time and understanding the different complexities that are involved in a given situation is is part of prudence. Uh, understanding the consequences of of certain actions that we take. Um, maybe we we make certain decisions and we know I'm going to do this and it's probably going to hurt somebody. As a businessman, you know that you have to make decisions and you can say in advance sometimes he's not going to like this. You know that contractor, that client. I've got to make a decision to redo that floor because it's just not up to par. You know, I've got to make a decision to paint that wall, repaint that wall because it's not adequate. <clears throat> He's not going to like it. You know, but that's part of understanding is what are the consequences? You know, doing a little risk assessment and understanding wherein lies the greatest good in that case. You might, you know, we also are in situations where we choose between multiple goods. And again, we're exercising the virtue of prudence, which is able to see our way through some situations to say, that's the greatest good. And then it may require some fortitude to actually carry it out. When I'm going to make a decision that's going to make somebody unhappy, sometimes I buckle under the stress of that, under the weight of that, and I don't have the fortitude to actually make that decision, to carry that through. But you can see how those are two separate virtues then. Prudence is to recognize the good, fortitude is to carry it out even when it's difficult. And so we'll talk about that more in another podcast, but just to see how these things fit together a little bit. So uh, memory, 
understanding and then uh, foresight is is a part of that too that's I suppose more in the realm of foresight to anticipate that somebody isn't going to like something that there's going to be a difficult consequence to something you know when you make a decision to buy a house for example you have to have the foresight to recognize there are going to be house payments that's going to put a stress on your budget and that means that you're not going to be able to do all of the entertaining things you used to do because or it's going to start eating at your savings when you go to college and you're going to come out of college with $80,000 in college loans, have the foresight to make a good decision in that situation. And people who do that more readily, who have that memory and understanding and foresight working together, are those who have developed the virtue of prudence. And just as a little reminder, we've said this before, but when a virtue is perfected, we exercise it with ease, promptitude, and joy. That's when a virtue is perfected. So the man who is very prudent is able to look at a situation and assess with relative ease. There's not necessarily a, a labored uh, evaluation of everything. Prudence doesn't necessarily require 17 weeks to analyze every detail. Uh, you know, the more prudent we are, the more quickly uh, the more easily and the more quickly we can come to a, a recognition of the good. And then in recognizing the good, there's also a certain joy that goes with that. We always exercise virtue in a way that is, uh, is joyful. Now, the path there is a path of proper preparation, maybe studying the different factors, understanding things. We labor at the outset, but as we exercise virtue more and more, we get to a place where it comes more easily, more quickly, and more joyfully. Yeah, I like how you said that. And that's a lot of things I never actually really would consider to be virtuous. Uh, you know, one of the things that I've done in my life, which is going to directly apply to this foresight pattern, is something that, for one way or another, is getting discouraged more in the secular world, but just identifying who someone is and what their patterns are going to be. You know, flat out, there's people you can rely on that if you just say something once, it's going to get done. You don't need to worry about it a second time. Now, there's might be limits, like they're not going to be able to lift a truck, but if they say they're going to show up on time, they're going to show up on time. If they say that they're going to be able to put up a wall, it's going to be done by Friday, just like they said it would. And then you have another set of group that you can't rely on. And that's obviously a very general category it's the nuances of being able to determine essentially people very quickly what it is that you can and can't do and then therefore once you kind of figure out what everyone's pattern is it becomes relatively easy to start putting the pieces together to see how it's going to work out as a group you know chefs do this with ingredients they know what a tomato is going to bring to the table. They know what an onion is going to bring to the table. And they know how mixing them together and what proportions makes the dish that they're trying to do. And for some reason, that is becoming not welcome in our normal American life. That we're not allowed to look at someone objectively, say, this is what you're good at. This isn't what you're good at. That doesn't make you a bad person because you can't sand a drywall. But it does mean that you're not being on my crew that day. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's just the way that it is. So 
I don't understand why this has come around to become a thing. And it's definitely becoming a bigger thing the more and more I see it. People yelling, you can't judge me, man. Well, yeah, it's my job to try to navigate my way through life here and to see what each people do in it to to make it all better for everyone. Um, And I think that that's a, a system that inherently we all have within us. You know, as you mentioned here in the beginning, this isn't even necessarily something that's just a Christian or a Catholic system. This goes back to natural law. This is the way that it is. So why would we fight natural order stuff? You know, the natural law, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Quite frankly, for the longest point, I thought this was just a skill I had that made me special. I didn't realize that this was a virtue that everyone inherently has in them and can build it all up and it's a uh, it's a phenomenally useful task in life and to be able to to put people together that even if they couldn't see it that will make a tremendous result um, it, it's it's something that I've cross-pollinated some of my crews and ended up really making some good results happening and you know I'm obviously just using work examples but once you do it in one format of your life you really can do it fairly easily in every other portion as well. So with that being said, Father, I kind of went on a little tangent there. I don't want to get too far off the track. Um, that was just kind of my thoughts based upon what we were talking about there. Yeah, I know, and I appreciate your uh, sharing your own experience with us. And, and I don't want to diminish the level of the gift that you have. I don't know that I could do all of those things or some other prudent person couldn't necessarily do all those things where where we all may be gifted in decision-making or, or recognizing the good in different situations in different ways. So, um, but, but we're all made to do it to a heroic degree. So that's what holiness is. Holiness is to exercise prudence even to an heroic degree. And so we can, we can develop those capacities. And, and again, we do it, you know, some people have a capacity for futuristic thinking or for strategic thinking. Some people have a capacity for uh, ideation, for a, a creativity to come up with, with new ideas, to see different possibilities, to put things together in, in unique and interesting ways. Um, some people have a real capacity for intellection to kind of go deep and, and think deeply about things and uh, have different insights. So, you know, there are lots of different sort of intellectual gifts, but but being able to harness those intellectual gifts to recognize the good in a given situation, uh, which may be different than what is most expedient or most effective or most uh, profitable. So to recognize the good, right, there's a, it's a level of moral reasoning that's involved in the, in the virtue of prudence. And so, um, yeah, that's something that we, we exercise. The, the more that we do it, the better it gets. Um, some of the other pieces, you know, words that we might associate with prudence from, this is from St. Thomas's treatment of this in the Summa Theologica. He talks about reasoning, understanding. We talked about that already. Docility. That's a little connected with the humility you were talking about before. Being teachable. Uh, docile is to be teachable, ready to be taught. Uh, shrewdness, which is, again, uh, being able to, to see have some insight into the maybe the most effective approach or to be able to to size someone up 
and and say, yeah, this this person is not really able to to carry this out as well, kind of like you were talking about. Um, also, things like circumspection and caution. Uh, a lot of times we get prudence too associated with merely caution. We think of the prudent person as being the cautious person who doesn't take any risks, who doesn't do uh, anything very interesting. And so then it gets associated with a, a prude, and that has to do also with a kind of uh, sexual uptightness. And then uh, those would be reductions that got, that got worked into English. But the kind of Catholic or the Aristotelian uh, philosophical sense of the word prudence uh, involves caution, certainly, but also involves shrewdness, involves source, foresight and, in, and circumspection. So the prudent person is the one who sees the best risk. He's not uh, wild in his risk-taking. He sees the risk and is able to size it up and is able to say, that's, that's the one that I want to take. Not that it's the most guaranteed by any means, but in doing the risk assessment, it's the one that works out to be most prudent and that's the, the one that is, that is pursued. So, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful virtue and so key to living out uh, a, a faithful, fruitful, holy Christian life and uh, being a good businessman and a good husband and a good priest and a good everything else. We need to be able to recognize the good. We need to be oriented toward seeing the good. And then we have to use the other virtues also to actually choose that good when it might be difficult or uh, you know, there may be some challenges for that. Yeah, certainly, because at the end of the day, there's very few decisions you have to make that are just one variable involved. Um, there's almost always multiple moving parts that you got to look through, and this is discerning, essentially, which is the right one. And, yeah, just because you pick one course of action. So say, say you're in a situation where something needs to be said. You know, you, you can uh, you can address the group in kind of a a mild, calm way, saying everything will be all right. You can say, hey, we need to get really at this in kind of a demanding, forceful tone or, you know, some other option out there. Because we all can think of a billion of them. Just which one's going to have the best impact on your audience and how's it going to work? And the only way is, is, is to be able to truly see that. And I like that it's not necessarily you're always going to go the the quiet, meek way where you're not going to try creating ripples in the water. It's you see what the good that's required and you're going to have to go and do it. So knowing what that option are. So this really at the end of the day is putting enough ideas and options in front of you so you can figure out how they work together and what's going to be great for everyone. And it's it's a very valuable skill. Um, one of the things that I have found myself, and I don't know if this is necessarily prudence or going to be one of the other virtues we talked about, but whenever there's hesitation in my life to do the right thing, a certain angst builds up inside of me. But then when you go and do the right thing, you feel, you feel all that go away. And, you know, so that's just something that I put out there to, to learn more and to have more options doesn't necessarily come from a book and just become having your eyes open in life, but to, to see what people are and what consistently they are. And also the self-reflection of what are you um, and being truly objective with yourself um, is something that I have found 
very, very worthwhile. So with that being said, Father, we, we've obviously covered a lot with prudence here today. We have a few minutes here to, to conclude the cast. If you want to give us any final thoughts moving out into the rest of our week, um, maybe about how to, to grow prudence in our own individual lives. Well, again, it grows by using it. Uh, as you mentioned, uh, certainly looking to the example of others, uh, reading from Scripture, prayer always helps us to grow in virtue, uh, learning from the mistakes of others, and uh, but but especially just just trying it, trying to be prudent, trying to recognize the good in different situations, and. Uh, yeah, making making some moral judgments and and also another part of prudence, a subvirtue of prudence, is good counsel. Uh, and it's one thing to be prudent in terms of our own recognition of what's good, but also to hear someone else's situation and to be able to give them good counsel uh, about what would be a good path to take in their lives. So prudence it really just has such a practical consequences for our own lives and in the in the lives of others. So certainly uh, a good thing to, to pray for. The, the Holy Spirit also helps us with prudence. There's one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is the gift of counsel, and that directly affects the virtue of prudence. So sometimes the Holy Spirit gives us some inspirations. You know, it doesn't move through a process of, of uh, moral reasoning. We just get it. The, the, the Holy Spirit just gives it to us. Uh, maybe because we'd never get there on our own in some cases. You know, we just know this is the right thing to do. But the more sensitivity we develop to that um, movement of the Holy Spirit, that gift of the Holy Spirit, it also helps to develop our our virtues. So, something to work on. And that certainly does happen. We all think how often have we just sat there and prayed, what should I do? That that would be the example of of, of looking for options and, and, and developing a stronger sense of prudence. So we thank everyone being with us here this week, and we will be again with you here next week. Please continue to to grow and tell friends about the cast, as we certainly have been doing that uh, more and more with this Virtue Series. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll be with you again next week.